It's September, and the excitement of the new school year has started to fade. Teachers are assigning homework, tests, and quizzes. It's time to get to work. Greetings. This is Dr. Troy Roddy, and you are listening to The Thrive of Peace Show. Welcome back. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank you for your support of the show. It means a lot to me knowing that my small effort to bring more joy into the world and create knowledge has helped at least one person. If you're new to the Thrive of Peace show, thank you for joining our community of listeners. And please consider subscribing. The Thrive of Peace show is available on many podcatchers. To learn more, please visit the show's homepage at anchor.fm slash Dr. Troy Roddy. That's anchor.fm slash D-R-T-R-O-Y-R-O-D-D-Y. Or you can visit my blog at thriveapblog.blogspot.com. In addition, if you like the show and want to support it even more, please consider making a small donation to help keep things going. To make a donation, visit the show's homepage and click Support This Podcast. Thank you for your consideration. So the reality of school, as I, I sort of alluded to in the introduction, for many students starts to happen when teachers uh, begin assigning uh, more homework and planning for tests and quizzes. And this usually doesn't take Uh, long to happen after the initial start of the school year. And so this episode, which is the first episode of season two of the Thrive of Peace show, uh, I thought it'd be interesting uh, to just go over three habits, three learning habits, or three actions or activities students can do to help them manage and deal with some of these realities of school, some of the, how do I deal with getting my homework done or studying for tests and quizzes in a way that allows me to do my best work and at the same time are also really good learning habits. So beyond just getting good grades on tests and quizzes, you know, which of these, uh, what strategies can I use that uh, are, are easy to do over and over again, but also help me learn better, help me remember material over time. So in this episode, like I said, season two, episode one of the Thrive Up Show, uh, I am going to discuss three learning habits that any student, just about any student can use to not only help them deal with the reality of having to take tests and quizzes and, and do well on those, those, uh, those events or those activities, but also are good strategies to help you become a better learner. So we're gonna jump into those three learning habits today. And and those three learning habits are, uh, the first one is quiz yourself, test yourself. The second is teach your dog, which is, uh, it's kind of funny, uh, but we'll talk about that in a little while. And then the third learning habit that we're gonna talk about today that I'm gonna discuss today is the Magnificent Seven Study Plan. 
So the first learning habit uh, of this episode is going to be quiz yourself or test yourself. Whatever, whatever term you want to use, it doesn't matter. They mean the same thing. And this is probably the most obvious of the three that I'm going to talk about today because it's the one that probably many students are already using and many parents are probably already involved in. And this simply means that in order to prepare for a test or a quiz, and actually one of the one of the more solid learning strategies is is well the technical term that is used is recall strategy or retrieval practice, right? And essentially recall strategies or retrieval practices are nothing more than than essentially quizzing yourself or testing yourself. It's giving yourself an opportunity to see how much you already know or how much you think you know. And so there are many, many ways to do this. I'll just give a couple of simple ones. Um, So your child is in elementary school and they may have a spelling test. Well, quizzing yourself is essentially just sitting down and quizzing your child in the spelling words during the week, right? And so you know, you have your list of words, you go through them, you call them out, your child repeats them back to you, hopefully spelled correctly. If they get it right, great. If they don't, you mark it and you go back to it and they keep doing it over and over again. So kind of a quiz yourself. You could make flashcards as a good retrieval practice. Uh, some students like to make flashcards. Now, they, the one thing about flashcards I should mention, some people will want to argue that making the flashcard is how you learn. And that's not necessarily all the way true. Certainly making the card and writing it down is a good way to 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 study, but the actual retrieval practice, the quiz yourself part is to look at one side of the card and there's a question on it and you answer the question and then you look at the back and you and you decide whether or not you you got it right or not. Um the key here is really be honest with yourself. Don't just look at the front and the back of the card and say, oh, yeah, I know that when I move on. So, so really quizzing yourself. If you're looking for a more high-tech way of doing this, um, you know, one way is just go online and use one of many different options available. I think Quizlet is very uh, popular among students where they make their own online flashcards and it gets jumbled up and you quiz yourself with your Quizlet cards. And if you're a teacher... Um, using some sort of game or some sort of uh, exit ticket or entry ticket to your class that's quiz-based or retrieval-based is a really good way for helping students learn this habit of quizzing yourself. So, you know, whether that is having questions on the board or having kids write down everything they remember or using a really cool online-based game system like Kahoot!, if you're a teacher, you may use Kahoot, or if you haven't used Kahoot, you should check it out. It's it's really cool. Kids love playing it. But essentially, it's just another way of quizzing yourself, of testing yourself, of using that as a way to retrieve what you think you know, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, and use it as a way to study and to learn. So, quiz yourself is the first of the three learning habits. Uh, that I'm going to suggest all students try and implement into their into their plan this year. Uh, and again, it could be as simple as calling out questions to your child at home or having them uh, repeat what they're supposed to know back to you. It could be making flashcards or using any one of a number of online resources. But the key here 
is a low stakes where it's not being graded quiz or test where you are being forced or being asked to give the answers in advance of a test. And again, not only is this a great way to study for your tests, but it's also been shown to be one of the more powerful learning strategies. So the first learning habit is quiz yourself. So the second learning habit to help students deal with the reality of school is teach your dog. Now, what does that mean, teach your dog? Well, I, I use that, it's just a funny way to remember it, the strategy, but one of the more difficult parts of doing well for many students on tests and quizzes deals with the fact that sometimes they think they know the material, but in reality they don't. And, and so they have this illusion of knowledge that exists. Like they've looked at their notes and they say, oh yeah, I remember this, I know this, I know this, and they get to the test. And if you ask any group of students, you know, how many of you have ever sat down to take a test and you look at the paper and all of a sudden you blank and you don't remember any of it, you're gonna have any number of hands go up. Everyone has experienced this, sort of this illusion or this mirage of knowledge. You think you know it, but you really don't. So what does this have to do with teaching your dog? Well, really one of the best ways to check against whether or not you actually know something as opposed to um, thinking you know something is to teach it to someone else, is to sit across from another person or something and teach the concept. If you can teach the concept and it makes sense to you and you're hitting all the important parts, chances are you really know what you're talking about. But if in your attempt to teach a concept or an idea to someone, you fumble through it and you leave out important pieces of information and you're not really clear about what it is you wanna say, you probably don't know it as well as you should. And so teaching to others or to teach it to something else goes a long way in protecting the student against the illusion of knowing the material. And so I say teach your dog. You, you don't, if you don't have a dog, it's okay. Uh, teach your cat, teach your goldfish, teach the kitchen chair. If you have a willing parent or sibling, teach it to them. If you have a, uh, an infant in the, in the house laying in the bed, tell the infant you know, the material. Um, look in the mirror and teach it to yourself. The whole point is pretend to teach the concept to someone else and check to see if you're able to do it in a way that makes sense, that you're not fumbling through your words and, and stumbling through, and that you're not missing key components to the concept. If you can teach it to someone else, if you can teach your dog the math concepts you're about to be tested on, chances are you know it well enough to do well on your test. So the second of our three learning habits to deal with the reality of school, teach your dog. So habit three, learning habit three, the final one that I'm gonna present in this episode for how to deal with the reality 
of school. Now, the first two are a little easier to implement than the third. The quizzing yourself is something a lot of students already do. The teach your dog, so to speak. It may be new to some people, but it it doesn't take a great deal of planning to implement that or to start doing that. The third is what I call the Magnificent Seven Study Plan. is a little bit more challenging because it requires some organizing your, your studying out in advance. And it requires you to know when a test or a quiz is coming about a week ahead of time. You need about seven days to implement the Magnificent Seven Study Plan. That's why we call it the Magnificent Seven Study Plan. So essentially what this means is, so you, you have a test and you have a week to get ready for that test. And the study plan will help spread out your studying, right? Spread out your studying so you're not cramming it all in your studying or cramming all your studying in the night before the test. And so a lot of times students are told, don't wait to the last minute, don't wait to the last minute, but they're not really told, well, how do I not wait to the last minute? Give me something more than don't wait to the last minute. So the Magnificent Seven Study Plan is a way to help somebody um, more concretely deal with avoiding the cramming session. And so uh, essentially it works like this. You have seven days. And you're going to study on the odd number day. So if, if, test, if the test is on day eight and you have seven days to get ready for the test, you're going to prepare on the odd number day. So day one is an odd number day. And so on day one, you should sort of organize your plan to evaluate what you want to do. That might include on day one, setting a goal. What grade do you want to get? You know, how did you do on your last test? What does a better grade look like? You know, so set a goal for your performance outcome. The other thing you want to do on day one is um, figure out, well, what does the test cover? What are, what are basically the topics being covered? You know, look through your notes, look through your textbook, you know, get a general sense as much as you can about what the test is going to be on or the quiz is going to be on. You know, are you caught up? You know, do you have to make up anything before you get started? Are you missing any notes from being absent? You know, do you have all of your materials? You know, what are you missing? So all of these are the questions you want to ask around day one. You know, if you get that done on day one and you've kind of got your all your stuff together, then you can move forward. Day two is an even number day and you don't really have to, I would suggest not studying on day two for that test coming up. Day three is an odd day. So what do you do? Well, you've already done sort of your preparation and your organization. On day three, you want to take about 20 minutes going over what you have, all the specifics. Because remember, during this entire week leading up to the test, you're still in school. You're still learning in class. The teacher's still going over material with you. So on day three, you want to probably budget about 20 minutes or so to go over your notes, maybe reread some of the chapters or, or material that doesn't make sense to you, you know, you know, do some summaries, look up some key terms, you know, create an outline. All of these are good things to do on day three, but only spend about 20 minutes doing that. Day four, even number day, take a break. Don't study for this test. Day five is an odd number day. Come back and sort of repeat what you did a little bit on day three, you know, 
Look at your material. Where are the gaps now? Take 20 more minutes. Go back over what you've already gone over. Study some of the new material, the new things you've learned. And just kind of get yourself a little bit more in depth on the details. Maybe day five is a good day to do a quick quiz yourself. Or maybe teach somebody some of the concepts that you've already covered. Day six is an even number day. Again, take a break. And then you come back on day seven. Now, day seven is the day before the test. So you need to do a general overview or general review, about 10 minutes. You want to make sure any areas of weakness that you're not clear on, that you spend more time on those things. Again, this is a good day to quiz yourself. It's a great day to teach somebody else um, and, and get that last big study session in. And at this point, there shouldn't any, be any real new information. You should have covered all that already up to this point. So it's more of a review and you know, making sure you, you're completely ready to go um, for the test. And of course, get a good night's sleep because getting lots of rest will help you perform on your test. So there you have it. Three learning habits that you can use this year to deal with the reality of school. Uh, quiz yourself, teach your dog, and use the Magnificent Seven Study Plan. And with that, this episode of the Thrivopy Show comes to an end. Your time is valuable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it with me. If you've not done so already, please consider subscribing and supporting the show. More information for how to do so can be found at anchor.fm slash Dr. Troy Roddy. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash D-R-T-R-O-Y-R-O-D-D-Y. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please shoot me an email. My email address is troy.roddy.phd at gmail.com. That's T-R-O-Y dot R-O-D-D-Y dot P-H-D at gmail.com. Thank you very much. And until next time, remember, play hard and study smart. I'm not going to